We've been through a lot, now we're headed to the top, and it's only getting better. Just watch, cause we got that defense, 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 yeah. Alright, we're back with another edition of the Bluegrass Blitz. I'm Zach Oaks, along with Sean Hammond. Sean, how you doing? I'm good, Zach. Are you doing okay today? I, I'm doing well. I'm excited for another weekend of college football coming off of a fun weekend this past week. It's a very interesting weekend. I, I missed Kentucky. I missed them. Yeah, it was kind of weird not having a Kentucky game on, but there was a lot of other... Uh, there's a lot of other interesting games uh, on Saturday, and we'll touch on some of those here in just a minute. Sean, we're going to start things off a little differently uh, today. We're going to talk about Lindsey Wilson because they put together their third consecutive shutout in a dominating win, win number 100 for the Lindsey Wilson football team. Good since, for Lindsey. Yeah, Chris Oliver has won all 100 games since they uh, restarted the program about 10, 11 was, years ago. Yeah, 10, 10, 11 years ago, I believe. And uh, – just a dominating game, uh, 31 to nothing over the University of Pikeville. 485 yards of offense for Lindsey Wilson compared to 53 for Pikeville. They gave up 53 yards all game. How? Just, I, I know. It's just like, I, I mean, you see these shutouts week after week after week, and you know they still have some yards, but that's the lowest yardage total I've seen. 53 yards for an entire game. I think this year's Lindsey team is better than last year's. You, but you just you just think about this. 53 yards over the course of the game, they barely would have gotten over midfield if you put all their plays together. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's, I, I, I'm speechless on that. I've never – I, de- I can't the, remember seeing that. The defense is just playing on a whole different level. Offense put together a good performance, putting up 31. Um They've got an, they've got another good challenge on Saturday. Um, they go down to uh, Bethel, Tennessee. Bethel's ranked twenty fourth in the country, um, and that's a road game, so that'll be that adds a little bit of an extra challenge. But man, what it I mean, what a performance! And uh, I think Lindsey, I think the only team that can beat Lindsey is Lindsey. Maybe. I really do. I mean, this team, I, I I think they are better than last year. And guess what? Last year's team just so happened to win a national championship. Yeah, you've got some good teams out in Iowa, Morningside, and a couple of those that uh, can probably put up a challenge. But in terms of the Mid-South Conference, I mean, Lindsey Wilson far, far ahead above everybody else. So we'll see, kind of see how the postseason goes with them. But um, just the past three weeks, just incredible performances over the past three weeks. Domination. Dominate. Pr- proud of Lindsey. You know, uh, I- I'm not sure I've ever seen uh, – I'm not sure a lot of programs could come back after an absence like that and just consistently get better. I mean, whenever they came back, they were competitive from the moment that program was resurrected, and here they are now a powerhouse. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, they weren't bad during the first season no. when they were just playing all freshmen. No, they and, weren't bad at all. And um, just over time, have just consistently gotten better. They've been knocking on the door for a few years, and now last year you get the national championship, and then this year um, you're on path to be a contender for a championship again. Just goes to show how well they've built that program over there. Credit to the coach. Yeah, Chris Oliver, um, like I said, an Ohio State alum. Uh, he's just he's just done really well with it, just really pro- provided a blueprint for how to build a college football program. Uh, talking about uh, program builders, Sean, we'll touch on uh, Kentucky and uh, Mississippi State this Saturday. Um, of course, Kentucky coming off a of bye week. Uh, Mississippi State 
you know, pretty well handled Vanderbilt on Saturday, which was no shocker. I think there. I think Coach Ryan Richardson and the Lakers can handle Vanderbilt. I would I'd take them. Vanderbilt is awful, and uh, so so Mississippi State handled them. Not too much really to read into that game, in my opinion. Other uh, than Mike Leach's interview about candy, Halloween candy. <laughs> yeah, man, does not like candy corn. Yeah, um, I, I I always like candy corn. My if for anybody out there that's never heard of Mike Leach. I want you to just YouTube Mike Leach interviews. That man is a very fascinating character. Oh, he used to coach here at Kentucky. He was a coordinator. Yeah, that's a good rabbit hole to go down as to watch Mike Leach ramble about <laughs> topics. I love the guy to death, but he's strange. Yeah, and he, and apparently his favorite chocolate is Almond Joy, and I don't know whose favorite chocolate is Almond Joy. I, th- I hate almonds. I it's like here nor there for me. Like I'll eat it if it's in front of me, but I'm not actively going out searching for an almond joy. <laughs> He's very strange. <laughs> you know, Zach, I thought it was pretty insulting though. Kentucky, who is number 12th in the country. They moved up a couple of spots due to some upsets. They started out as a two point underdog at Mississippi state. Now I know it's on the road, but really the disrespect. Yeah. I, I just, I don't see it. Now I know, I, I mean, I know you got to take into account, you know, Kentucky's got a losing streak in Starkville. They haven't won there since 2008, but I, I mean, to me, if you look, if you look on paper, you look at how the season has gone, Kentucky's the better team. Now, yes. could they, could they go to Starkville and lose? Yes, it can happen. Is that the most likely scenario? I don't think so. Especially uh, if Kentucky gets Mark on McCall and Josh Ali back this week, which they need Ali. They need another receiver out there. You, you've got to have another receiver. But I, I just I don't see it. Now, maybe something weird happens in Starkville where they throw the ball 70 times, and I, I don't know. But if I'm if I'm betting that game, I'm not I'm, – I don't see Mississippi State as the favorite. Well, it's clear where the money is going because Kentucky opened as a two-point underdog, and they are now a one-point favorite as of last check. Yeah. So it's clear everybody has been betting on Kentucky. And yeah. they, I mean, that was just – And reasonably I, so. I mean, if I, I, mean, if, I mean, if I was putting money down on it when that came out, I'd bet Kentucky on that. No, no doubt about it. Yeah. Mississippi State is a two-point favorite. Uh. Uh-uh. And Mississippi State's going to run the ball, or not run the ball. They're going to pass the ball. <laughs> they are not going to. That's going to be the opposite. They are not going to run the ball. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's pretty simple for Kentucky. You put your you put your players in the coverage. You don't stack the box. You make Mississippi State run on you. Make them, and they're going to throw interceptions, or there, there's going to be balls there to intercept. And you know, last year when uh, Kentucky played Mississippi State, it was at home, of course. Kentucky, uh, I think, got six interceptions and won twenty-four to two. Yeah, it was a um, it, it was a, a lot of turnovers last year. Mississippi State really can never get their offense going. Um, so, I, I, like you said, there's going to be opportunities for turnovers. There's going to be chances to make plays on defense. If Kentucky can convert a couple of those, I think they get away. I think they get away with a win. I just I, I think they're a better team, and I think it's going to take something a little bit weird for Mississippi State to win. Doesn't mean it can't happen. But I, I, I'm, I would pick Kentucky in this game. And if you win this game, it gets you that much closer to having a one-loss season. You've got really, really, Zach, you've got this one and the next game. Those are the next two big hurdles, in my opinion, for Kentucky. You get past this game, and then you look look ahead and get past Tennessee. If you can get past those two games, Zach, you're really in the driver's seat to have a one-loss season, which doesn't happen a lot around here. No, it never happened in my lifetime. No, me neither. So, I mean, yeah, that's what I said. These these two games, Mississippi State-Tennessee, will define how your season goes. Yeah, because they, they're going to beat Vandy, I hope. They're going to beat New Mexico State, please. And <laughs> they should beat Louisville. So, there you go. And, and so, there you go. There's your... 
there brings you down to these two games to determine whether you're maybe a nine-win team or an eleven-win team, yeah. and, and determine what your postseason is. Yeah, and the the bow project projections came out again. They've got Kentucky. Uh, now this is not official, just projecting. They've got Kentucky in the Peach Bow, which is a huge bow, Zach. That's one of the uh, the big. If you remember the BCS days, yes. that's one of the BCS bows, the New Year's bows. Yep, uh, that that would be huge to be able to get in just for the exposure of it and uh, the attention to. Yeah, the attention. I mean, it w- it would be great. So I mean. These next two games are going to determine where you're at, and it starts with beating Mississippi State and Starkville. Like I said, it hasn't happened since 2008. It always seems like there's weird things that happen down you got there. Those stupid cowbells. Those cowbells. It's just a weird environment. Seems like they always kind of like finally put it together down there. I don't know what. <laughs> you know, you it's you like the curse it, of Starkville. You talk about being weird down there. Mike Leach does belong down there. <laughs> it, it, it's a good environment for I, him because it's love, just strange. I love the guy to death. Like I said, he was a coordinator here at Kentucky many years ago, but. That man, I mean, he just went on a rant about uh, Halloween candy. It was pretty kind of funny, though. Very fascinating. Yeah, he talked about going, talked about going to the Dollar General to find certain types of candy. I don't know, I man. love him. He's just a calming dude. Yeah, he's, he's, he's an odd guy. I don't know about him. You think John Calipari ever goes to the Dollar General? No. Uh, Mark Stoops? I, I, I don't think either of them do. I think uh, they, they like Kroger too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark Stoops loves his Starbucks. He parks right up on the curb. Yeah, any of, any of us do that. We're getting towed pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> I think especially this year, Stoops is getting a pass. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, oh, well, they even probably even painted him some lines out there on the curb. <laughs> put, his name on the, put his name on the sidewalk there. Uh, Sean, I want to touch on uh, Louisville really quick. Uh, big win for the Cardinals. Big win over Boston College, twenty-eight to fourteen. Malik Cunningham played well, ran for three touchdowns. Defense came up big, only allowed fourteen points. Uh, Louisville needed that win. They really needed it to keep their bow hopes alive. Yeah, they they needed to win that. Now, I think now, I think now, if you look at it. I think Louisville should get into a bowl game. Yeah, because you're uh, Duke is awful. Duke is awful. That's five. Syracuse is not that good. Um, NC State may not be as good as we thought. I mean, there there is a possible scenario. Now, I don't think this is likely, but if Louisville can, if Malik Cunningham can be consistent, if Louisville can, you know, play really good. Zach, I mean, they could go on a run and win these next few games. I mean, they could. They Will could. they? Probably not. But, I mean, Clemson is awful this year. Yeah. Syracuse is not very good. I mean, Louisville could conceivably go, you know, win these next four. And then all of a sudden you're looking at eight wins yeah. and, and, and a pretty good bowl game. And that's, to me, that to me that's a, you know, that's great considering where your season started. And, and it goes to show that, Really, Louisville missed an opportunity because the ACC is so terrible. Louisville could have had a 9- or a 10-win season in my book. They could have contended for the division had they beaten yeah. Wake Forest. Yes, and I thought they got screwed against Wake. Which but they did. I mean, th- there was other plays that should have been made yeah. in that game. But Louisville, they could have beat Wake. They should have beaten Virginia. Yeah, those are two, those are two games they probably shouldn't have won. You'd love then, to have those games back. Yeah, you'd love to have a redo of those games because you look at where the ACC is now and – you know, it's, it's awful. It's pretty much anybody's for the taking. I mean, right now it seems like Wake Forest and Pittsburgh are your two favorites, and you know who knows what's going to happen there. <laughs> who would have thought that? Yeah, who, I mean, who had Wake Forest and Pittsburgh in the ACC championship at the beginning of the season? If you did, you you're probably making some money right now. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I was you. Uh, yeah, but uh, no, I, I think Louisville's got a chance to maybe make a run here in the next couple games. We'll kind of see. But then again, they might throw in another clunker like they did they, against Virginia. Had, the, the biggest problem with Louisville this year that I've seen 
is they are not consistent. They've got some playmakers. I love Malik Cunningham. I think he's a really good quarterback, but he his play has not been consistent, and that's really what we've seen with the whole team. And, and, well, and, and two, I mean, outside of Cunningham, you look at the defense, and the defense has just been, you, you know, there's games where they have, you know, like they played against Boston College where you allow 14 points, and then, you know, you go out and you allow 34 against Virginia or 37 against Wake and Forest. The, and, and the bad thing about that Virginia game is through most of the game, Virginia, I think, hadn't they only scored 14 points and yeah, they went on that run? Yeah, they often struggled up until, like, you know, the fourth quarter. And so they just kind of, I don't know if they just let their guard down or if Virginia finally found something in Louisville's defense to take advantage of. I don't know exactly what happened there, but uh, Virginia was able to put up points in the fourth quarter, make a comeback, and that's that was a tough loss. You're going to look back at that as the season goes. and that You'd really like – I mean, you want to have the weight game back, but that Virginia game was a missed opportunity because if you have that, you are – so you're at four wins now, so you'd only need one more win to get to a bowl. Yeah. And you, you'd have it with Duke. Yeah, oh, definitely Duke. Duke is horrid. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, I really want to see a Kentucky-Duke football game for some now, reason. You know, I would like we, – we, we talked about this last week. I would love for it to be, you know, in some, in some sort of fashion, Kentucky – Kansas, Duke, UNC, maybe throw Indiana in there. Something like that. Get the Blue Bloods in basketball to play each other in football. It, I mean, it, would, it, would it be the most I mean, the most interesting football games of the week? No, but it would be fun and different. You know what's really cool about that? I think Kentucky is uh, the best one out of that group right now in football. It's certainly better than Kansas. Kansas is god-awful. Kansas is putrid, even though it did almost beat Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, we got to talk about that here in a minute because I – I don't know, man. I got some thoughts about Kansas and their uh, marketing strategy. We'll talk about that here in a little bit because that's pretty crazy what I've seen them tweet out over the weekend. Before we get into some of the other topics, Sean, I'm going to touch on Western real quick. Uh, 34-19 win over FIU. Um, they play Charlotte in a pretty big game this weekend. Both teams are 2-1 and one in conference play. Big-time big, big game in terms of trying to get to that conference championship game. Yeah. Because uh, I think, because to me, if you look at Conference USA, I think Western has a Western has a path to the Conference USA championship, and each team that's ahead of them, they've got still got them on their schedule. Yeah, and I think right now they're kind of gaining some momentum. You look at Charlotte, Marshall, um, some of those teams there. I think Western is better than those teams. And so I think there's a path. Now, they get to, could get to the Conference USA Championship and then probably looking at UTSA again, but they almost beat UTSA. Yeah, so and that UTSA team's pretty good. They are pretty good. And so I, I, think Western, I think Western's got a really good path to the Conference USA Championship game. And honestly, I think Western's got a decent path to winning Conference USA. Uh, which is something considering the way they started the season. Yeah, they start out one and four. But again, played some really tough teams in yeah, the opener. They scheduled tough. But cr- credit to them. But may, but maybe that help. Maybe that helps them later on in the season. You know, playing that quality competition and um, showing that they can compete with those teams. So and they did. I mean, they did. Yeah. Yeah, Bailey Zappi has competed all year. That that kid is just he's. It's amazed me. I mean, he had another really good game. Zach, he threw. For uh, 368 yards, had three touchdowns. The kid is nuts. Yeah, put together another strong performance, and he's second in the country in passing yards. The wide receiver, Jarrett Stearns, he leads the nation in receiving yards, got 10 touchdown catches on the year. Their offense is clicking. It's just the defense, man. If they can get that defense together, but it, but when you've got offense like that, you can you can just out you can just outscore teams sometimes. And um, 
like I said, I, I really like Western's chances to come up in that division and reach the Conference USA Championship and then maybe a rematch with UTSA, and we'll kind of see how that goes. And then uh, you're looking at a postseason for Western. You're looking at, uh, you know, maybe a decent bowl game. I don't know. We'll kind of see how it, how it plays out. Um, Sean, I want to touch on uh, a couple other games over the weekend. Um, we want to talk about Kansas and Oklahoma. <laughs> okay. Number one. I know this has been really on your mind. <laughs> okay, so you want to know how terrible. Number one, Zach, I mean, when's the last time Kansas went to a bowl? You have to have six wins to be bowl eligible. What was that, 2008, 2009? It had to be. I it, mean, this team usually wins like one to two games a year. They are awful. Yeah. Which brutal. is amazing considering they came close to making a national championship appearance in 07 or 08. I believe it was 07 with, um, what was the name, Todd Reesing at quarterback and, and Mark, Man- Mark Mangino yeah. as the coach. And folks, I, I, I want to find this exact tweet. I want to find it because yeah. it I, I seen that and I was like, really? Yeah. Um, basically, I mean, you're looking at, you're looking at a big game against Oklahoma, a top five team in Oklahoma, you know, the you the usual champion of your conference, and you know, Sean Kansas led ten to nothing at halftime of that game. Seventeen to seven late in the third minute, about a minute and a half left in the third quarter. They're up seventeen to seven over the top ten, uh, top ten team. But they were, but they were begging for people to come in. So I want, I want to give you a chance to talk about this tweet because I saw it too and it cracked me. I up. just found it. This is from the Kansas Jayhawks Twitter account. The gates are open on the east and west sides of David Booth, Kansas Memorial Stadium. No ticket required. Zach, it's so bad, they're letting people come in for free. When's the last time you went to a football game at any level where a ticket was not required? Well, I can tell you it's not a Kentucky, man. You know that. (laughs) Sean, they require tickets at high school games. I know. (laughs) I know. And you know what's funny? They were letting those people in for free. I looked at the I, I looked and that stadium was nowhere near full. You can't even. You, there was I, like thirty four people there. What's the What's the next step? Pay people to come in. You come in and we give you a ten dollar bill. <laughs> I mean, if they want to pay me, I'll drive to Kansas just to go there and watch them lose by forty. <laughs> just that that program is in shambles, Zach. And I don't know when it comes back. You 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 uh, you were you found a poll last week of like what was the top twenty five, but top, it was the bottom feeders. The, the, bo- the bottom twenty five is the worst team worst teams in college football, and Kansas is Kansas was ranked as the worst. And it, I mean, I understand why, man. There's I just no, don't understand. There's that. no interest. There's no interest in the football team. They haven't put together any type of success for. <laughs> Over a decade, <laughs> yeah, I don't under it's fourteen years. Yeah, so I mean, oh, I mean, what what reason is there to be interested? I just don't understand how a program that was that good just fell off the planet like that. Now that man Gino, he ended up getting fired or he had to resign. I believe there was some issues going on behind the scenes. But how did they go from? I mean, this team nearly made, and if they had beaten Missouri, they would have been in the national championship game. And now they do well to win three games a year. They usually lose to FCS teams. Well, I mean, I mean, they were, I mean, they were bad before that, and then you get a couple of good years where Mark Mangino has this thing running like a well-oiled machine. I don't even know how he did it. Uh, I and, think he cheated. Uh, he, he must have done something because <laughs> uh, Kansas has never been good at football, and then all of a sudden they're a they're a national title contender. Yeah, and a real contender. And then once he's gone, it's just back off the wagon again. Yeah, it, I don't, it, it's not like they went to like. 
eight wins and six wins and then came back. Oh, they it was went, a free fall. Yeah, they went like all down a cliff. <laughs> and I mean, Zach, they are. I want to pull up their uh, their record here. I believe they are now one in six, one in seven on the season, and they just. <laughs> I'm, I'm I don't know if there's any Kansas fans listening. If there is, know. I'm sorry. If there is, it, well, if they if they're listening, they already know how bad their I team mean, is. And when we thought Kentucky was bad in the Joker era, no, it, it, it's yeah, it, it's worse than that. So here's Kansas on the year, Zach. They are one in six. Their one win, they beat South Dakota in the first game of the season in a barn burner, 17-14. to 14. Oh, I'm surprised they even won that game. <laughs> well, they usually lose those. <laughs> Coastal Carolina destroyed them 49-22. to 22. They lost to Baylor 45-7. to 7. Duke beat Kansas, and Duke's awful, 52-33. Then they lost to Iowa State 59-7. to 7. Lost to Texas Tech, who's not very good, 41-14. And Zach, they were up on Oklahoma – Late in the third, with like a minute left in the third, they were up seventeen to seven. Somehow they lost that thirty-five to twenty-three. I don't know how you let that happen. It's Kansas. Uh, you look at Kansas over the years, and since two thousand ten, they've not won more than three games in a year. And they've went through a few head coaches, and nothing has worked. They even had less miles. Yeah, Turner Gill, Charlie Weiss, Clint Bowen, David Betty, Les Miles, and now Lance Leopold. Over the, over that time, and none of them have been able to eclipse three Lance wins. Lance Leotard? <laughs> Leotard. <laughs> Was it Leopold? Leopold. Leopold. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> and Zach, I'm looking at their schedule. They went uh, winless last year. They did not win one game last year. And that was enough, that was enough to say goodbye to Les Miles. <laughs> <laughs> and... They are the last time they won three games was in 2019. It just, it just brutal, man. Just overall brutal. I do feel sorry for their fans because there are probably some hardcore football fans out there. Probably, and I know how that felt. I mean, we had now I mean, our, we were bad, but not like that. We had you know the the last bit of the Joker era, and then whenever Stoops first started, mm-hmm. that first year was too intense. So I I can sympathize with them because it's hard, you know, being. You want to cheer for them, but they're so bad. But having that, that's a different level of bad. It's embarrassing. And when you have to, like, literally beg people to come to your stadium, it's even more embarrassing, and it didn't work. They were, they were not sold out, Zach. Hear, hear me out on this, Sean. Ed Orgeron to Kansas. You want to talk about Ed? Go Jayhawks. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to have Ed at Kentucky just as a spokesperson. Now, we'd have to... We have to, you know, keep Ed under wraps because apparently he likes the women's act. He, he, that's what got him in trouble at LSU. Well, for anybody that, that may not have heard, Ed is not going to be the coach at LSU next year after winning a championship in 2019. Zach, talk they, about it. Talk about just a fall from grace, well, man. I, 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 if they were just firing him based off his record, I wouldn't think that's right because you got to give a man a chance. He just won a championship. I think. We're finding out more that it's got more to do with the man's personal life and some pretty crazy stuff. I you if if you're listening, you get you've got to just look this up for yourself because <laughs> we can't go into all the details here. It's not it wouldn't be appropriate to go into everything. No. But 
We're talking about bringing random girlfriends to practice. With their kids. With their kids and the kids participating in the drills. This is an SEC football. Maybe that's why they stink because they're practicing against kids. <laughs> I mean, Max Johnson is out there throwing touchdowns against six-year-olds. I guess. I don't know what is this going on. This is no on. joke, though. No, th- no they're, they were, he was literally bringing his girlfriends to practice and their kids and letting their kids participate in drills like on a regular basis. It's one thing to like, you know, maybe have a day where like coach brings his kids in and they like get to watch practice or something. You know, that's one thing, man, but just bringing in random women (laughs) and their children to just practice with your team. That's a whole different level. And, and then you talk about, he was at a gas station. Oh, that's a good one. He was at a gas station. He walks in and there's this woman and she looked had just come from the gym or was going to the gym. Well, she was she was in workout attire, and then he says to her, "Hey, I think you and I could work out together." In his in his Ed Orgeron voice, and love she, the voice. And then she's uh, she tells him that she's married and she's pregnant, and he looks at her and says, well, "What does that matter?" Oh, that was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> my best Ed Orgeron, and and it turns out. The woman was a wife of a high-ranking LSU official. I bet he wasn't pleased. I bet he wasn't happy when he found out about you that. You gotta look this up, folks. We can't go into details on some of the pictures. Zach, there was a picture where it showed him and a girl laying in bed. Together. Yeah, there, there's there are photos. There are more <laughs> and a young sto- woman at yeah, that. Yeah, there are more stories. You can look it up on your own time. We can't go into all of it. <laughs> But you will be amazed at what went on. I think he won that championship, and he got that little bit of an ego boost. I think so. I think they said that you know maybe he and his he and his wife separated after. Yeah, the, they divorced uh, not even a month after winning the championship, and they were out there hugging on the yeah. field together. And so then he just went crazy, you know. And I mean, and that you just you can't do that at that level with no. that kind of a spotlight on you. You just you can't do that stuff. If he was winning. It might be different, but when you're not winning, that gives them an excuse to get rid of you. Yeah, it, now it, he is going to get his full not. I think it's nineteen million dollars. He he did say at his press conference he thinks he'll be able to buy a couple of hamburgers. What a, what a good buyout, man! If somebody paid me nineteen million to just leave, I'm leaving and I'm going to be gone for a while. Yeah, I'm just going to go home. I'm going home. I'm going to travel. I'm gonna, I'm going to use up that money, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like I said, I like Ed. I, he's he's a very passionate guy. The, the the fans down there love him. They do love Ed. Yeah, he's it, got the best voice in college football. It, 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 he, yeah, he's got a great personality. Um, I, you just I do think he's a pretty good coach. If you hire him, just watch out. Women in the town, watch out. <laughs> yeah, if you if you're the AD, keep your wife know where your wife is at all times. <laughs> hide your kids. Hide your wife. <laughs> Because Ed's coming. Because Ed, Ed Orgeron is on his way. I just can't believe that, though. It, 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 it's incredible, man. Just the the downfall of you know winning the national championship, and then of course some of it was on the field. You know they they had a pretty poor season last year. They've not been good this year. Um, you know some Kentucky pounded them. Yeah, some some bad coaching hires, uh, some bad coordinator hires that he's had. Uh, there's there, and then you take into all the off the field stuff. I mean, I, I, I under- think that gave them the the excuse that they need. I think I think the off the field stuff was enough to kind of push them over the edge. I think if you, if you don't have that, maybe he gets one more year to try to turn it around. Because I was saying that I thought I was like, man, he just won a championship. I can kind of understand it now, especially the whole talking to the high ranking official's wife. You, but, you can't do that, Ed. We, as Andy Bashir says, we can't be doing. We that. can't be doing. <laughs> 
<laughs> we, need, we need we need Andy Bashir to call in or try. <laughs> That'd be an interesting conversation. That would, that would be an interesting conversation. <laughs> Shout out to Ed though, if you're listening. I hope you are, Ed. We yeah, maybe you can be like a uh, assistant defensive line coach at Kentucky or something. I don't know what you can I do. I just want him here so we can hear him talk. Yeah, I know. We just have him and just have him do all the press conferences. Yeah, hey, I, Mark Stoops would probably like that. He wouldn't have to do another press conference. <laughs> <laughs> Give him a break. <laughs> Sean, I watched Illinois and Penn State on Saturday. Now, when you think about that, you're like, okay, Penn State probably won 50 to nothing. Except it was a nine-overtime game, and what was it, 20 to 19 was the final or something like that? I can't remember the exact final score. but It it was was a a very low-scoring game, reminiscent of a game that was from a bygone era. (laughs) But (laughs) you remember when LSU and Texas A&M went into seven overtimes, and it was like 73 to 70 or something? This was nine overtimes, and it was like 20 to – maybe 20 to 18. Back in 2011, Alabama and LSU went to overtime, and the final score was nine to six. (laughs) (laughs) Nine overtimes, 20 to 18. 18, they got to utilize the new overtime rule. Yeah, you want to talk about that new rule? I, I, you know, a lot of people don't like it. I do. I do like it. I, I have mixed feelings on it. I think it's fun and it's exciting. I also don't know if it's the best way to determine a winner of a game. So the college football overtime is vastly. It's always. It's been. Di- it's different from the NFL. Basically, uh, is it the twenty-five yard? You start line? at the twenty. Each team gets a shot from the twenty-five yard line to. Uh, put together a drive and score or kick a field goal, whatever, and then the second team will be able to have a chance to match it or outdo it. But once you get into the third overtime, you start going into alternating two-point conversions. Yeah, and that's from the three. From the three-yard line, line, you get one play to get into the end zone. Yeah, one one shot. It's basically like it's a two-point conversion. Yeah, so so each team goes back and forth until – one team scores on the two-point conversion, and the other team doesn't. Well, <laughs> that wasn't pretty. <laughs> no, it was. It wasn't pretty for either team. Most, I mean, for most of the time, because they just kept getting shut out. They kept getting. I mean, each defense was coming up big, which was kind of fun. Well, Penn State had a beautiful trick play. I think it was in the was it the, the first attempt that they had. I, I remember. I don't remember which one it was. There were so many. So <laughs> Penn, yeah, Penn State had a receiver uh, come around for like a was it like a jet sweep? Is that what that yeah. play is called? Gets the ball. And then uh, he tosses it to another, I think it was another, either a back or a tight end. Quarterback's running toward the end zone. It was, it was The quarterback was wide open. And then he just dropped the ball. The pa- yeah, the pass just. It was a little bit off short. and he just, he just couldn't reel it in. But, uh, yeah, they I mean, they were trying a variety of plays. Uh, Penn State tried to use a little shovel pass at one And I point. thought he had it. Credit to Illinois. And then. And then it, a couple times, Illinois just thought, well, we're at the three-yard line and we've ran the ball well. We're just going to try to run it up the middle. Did you see Illinois, that quarterback, throw that pass, but he threw it like 50 yards out of the end zone? Yes. Well, of course, that was, of course, that was the backup, too. Their, their starting quarterback got hurt in like the third or fourth overtime. Yeah. They had to bring in the backup, and the backup was the one that ultimately won the game in the yeah, ninth overtime. Pass, that first pass he threw, it was way out. Oh, he threw one. He launched one into the stands. <laughs> It's like it's like you don't get any points for throwing the ball away. I don't know what he was doing. It was a. I mean, I, I like it. There's a lot of people that hate it. The, I, I, I think the NFL needs to look at something like the college overtime. Maybe not the conversions. I hate that the NFL allows ties. Yeah, I don't like any sport where you allow ties. That's ridiculous. I mean, I mean, it's sports. It's competition. There should be a clear winner and loser. Yeah. I, I, I don't really like ties either. Um, I don't like that the NFL allows them. No, I, I, I didn't really care. I, I liked the college overtime the way it was. It's 
the college overtime is much more funner. Yeah. The, well, the idea was the idea was to cut down on the number of plays and therefore cut down on the number of injuries. And I understand that. And, but also, man, this. I mean, I mean, it was fun watching each team see it. But the problem you run into is there's only so many plays you can run from the yeah. three yard line. And so uh, I don't know. I'm thinking maybe I think maybe you try the three and then back up, give them some more room. Yeah, may, maybe like whenever you first start that overtime with the conversions, you go to the three. If they don't get it, maybe go back to the, the ten. And then or maybe or maybe you just start from the ten to begin with. I don't know. Yeah, I I, I agree with that because it could also be unfair. Because what if you have a team that has a really good offensive line that just dominates the run game and they just they can just go right in easily. Yeah, I, I don't, maybe maybe you back it up to the ten or the fifteen, and you you have alternating one. You know, you get one chance. I thought I kind of liked the one play, just the one off. Just you got one play to try to get it in. You know, I think that's kind of cool. I thought it was. I thought it was fun. I felt like they're they're also trying to cut down on these these long games. But I mean, I just think you're at. I mean, you had it nine overtimes. You know that there's going to be a game where there's going to be two teams that just keep going back and forth with conversions. Well, yeah, I mean that was kind of the opposite. Uh, neither team could really convert in that game. No. You'll probably have the opposite at some point where team where teams just go back and forth converting. It'll uh, be. Fun. I mean, I, I like it. I'm going to give it a chance. I don't have a problem with it. There's a lot of people that hate it. I think it's fine. Yeah, I, I thought it was fun. I think I think it made the game entertaining. I was. I was supposed to be trying to get ready to leave the house, but I was just kept standing there watching this game because I couldn't take my eyes off of it. It was it's it, kind of a train wreck. Yeah, it, it was like it was yeah, it was like a train wreck. You just you just couldn't take your eyes off of it. You had to keep on watching it. Um, talking about teams that probably would have kept on converting if they were in overtime, Wake Forest Army in a game that had one thousand two hundred thirty three yards of offense. And the final score was seventy to fifty six. I wish that game would have went into the overtime rules. That sounds like a basketball game. <laughs> it, seventy to fifty six. We watched the highlights the Monday morning. Wow. <laughs> just, I mean, just seventy yard touchdowns over and over. Yeah, it wasn't like going down the goal. I mean, we're talking multiple seventy or more yard touchdowns. Wake Forest man is a really fun team to watch. And let me tell you something. Army runs that triple option. There was a few times where I didn't know where the ball was, and I was sitting here watching. Well, the camera operator didn't know where it was either. <laughs> Poor camera. I mean, yeah, the, the camera operator would be stuck, and then bam. Can you imagine having to run the camera for that game, just all just you know turning and trying to figure out what was going on with that many? Oh, I probably would have fallen off the roof or wherever he was, just getting dizzy. <laughs> probably just gave up at some point. Yeah, I just would have just laughed. <laughs> but Wake Forest scored 70 points, had the ball for 17 minutes, and scored 70 points. Just, just a, a, one of those weird games. Um, Wake's good, man. They're undefeated. I, yeah, I know. They could. I mean, I mean, really, we talk about how awful the ACC is, but it looks like Wake Forest has the early edge, along with uh, Pittsburgh and their uh, our boy Kenny Pickett. <laughs> Kenny Pickett, he's doing really good for himself. He's <laughs> superintendent, and now he's uh, beating Clemson. <laughs> Throw, throwing t- <laughs> From running a school district to throwing touchdowns, what a what a transformation! I know I didn't know he had any eligibility left. I thought he might have been going for the AARP card. I love you, Kenny. You know that. John, I want to touch on. Uh, let's do upset picks. Um, I didn't do so good. You you had a little bit of a rough week. I did okay. I, I hit I hit on one, and I was I was happy with the one I hit on. Uh, hit on Iowa State over Oklahoma State. I said last week, I don't believe Oklahoma State's that good. They, they proved it. They got beat by Iowa State. It was, I believe it was 24-21. Um, 
kind of knocked them off their perch a little bit. They're no longer undefeated. I think that takes Oklahoma State out of the playoff. Oh, yeah, definitely. The, what little chance they had is yeah. done now. Um, and then I had Clemson over Pittsburgh. I doubted Kenny Pickett, and uh, I've learned my I've learned my lesson. Never doubt Kenny Pickett. No, whether it's in the school or on the field. <laughs> no matter where he's at, do not doubt Kenny Pickett. Uh, Clemson's awful, man. I mean, they just are. Here's the thing. I've said this. They've got a defense that's worthy of a championship. If they just had a crappy offense, not a extremely crappy offense, they'd be pretty good. Yeah, I mean, just just a decent middle of the road offense would have been fine. Uh, but they're they I stink. Mean, their offense is putrid. Uh, they brought in the backup quarterback. He didn't do any better. I don't know what you do if you're Clemson. Uh, the Dabo better figure something out, or they're going to fall off their perch quick. Because yep. Georgia is up there now. You're getting these other teams that are on the rise. I mean, Clemson better watch it because I'm serious. They will fall off. Yeah. Not to like obscurity, but they won't be at the Alabama they, level. They, yeah, they won't be in the national title picture, yeah. picture every year. Um, Sean, you had uh, USC over Notre Dame and UCLA over Oregon. Yeah, the, the USC over Notre Dame, that didn't look so hot. Because you know, I still think Notre Dame stinks. But uh, but UCLA almost pulled it off. Yeah, UCLA was up early in that game, I believe, 14 yep. to nothing. And I was like, okay, yeah, we, we got this. And then 34 to 31 was the final. It was a close game. Um I'm still unsure about how I feel about Oregon. I don't know, man. That You said it perfect, I think, last week or the week before. They've played with fire all year. And and they did again on Saturday against UCLA. And, I mean, one more loss and they're out of the picture. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure they should get back in it because of the Stanford loss. But if they if they finish the season with one loss, I think the Ohio State win. The, the better Ohio State is, the more that that win over them looks good for them. But you're right. If they get one more loss, they are out. Here's the thing. You could have a, you could have a, a scenario where Ohio State and Oregon both finish with one loss, and it's more likely Ohio State gets into the playoff than Oregon does. Well, Ohio State certainly look better, and if you look at their schedule, I mean, they're, Ohio State's about to get into the meat of the Big Ten. It, These Big Ten teams are about to start beating up on yeah, each other. Yeah, Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State's already kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit with that. Yeah, Penn, Penn State, if they were. They were trying to get back in the hunt. They are done. Now. Yeah, and then Michigan State. We'll we'll see. Michigan plays Michigan State this weekend. I think that'll be a. I don't believe in the Spartans. I Not yet. I, I think that's going to be a good statement game for Michigan. To I think they'll come out and win that game. Um, I want to want to touch on our upsets for this week. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of Neil Brown. I love the guy. I really want him to do well at West Virginia. He's not really from Danville. If yeah, used to, from, he was a coordinator at Kentucky. I had the chance to interview him when I worked in Danville. Was a really nice guy. I really enjoyed talking with him. He seems like a really down to earth person. Um, a lot of people in Danville really love him. Um, and he he is a good coach. Yeah, and I th- and I think he does too. West Virginia is just a hard place to win. But uh, I'm going to take West Virginia in an upset pick this week over Iowa State. Iowa State, uh, of course, just as we mentioned. Uh, beat Oklahoma State. They're jumped into the top twenty-five now. They, they're kind of in the popular team for this this week to kind of start going on a run. Maybe same uh, thing happened with Purdue last week. Yeah, I think coming off of a big win like that, I think Iowa State's going to falter. The game's at West Virginia. Morgantown's going to be a little what bit a crazy. Great college town. Yeah, it is. It, it's, I mean, really, that's like, like that's their thing there. I think Neil needs to win. He, he's had he's he's struggled a little bit at West Virginia. I think he needs this win. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take West Virginia. I believe they are. Uh, last I checked, they were a seven point underdog. Uh, I like West Virginia to uh, win at home over Iowa State, number twenty two team in the country. My first pick again. I, I did horrible last week. 
Um, but I think I'm going to get it this week, Zach. I'm going to pick the Badgers of Wisconsin to defeat Iowa. You know, I think Iowa getting blown out at home by Purdue exposed them, but Wisconsin then blew out Purdue at Purdue over the weekend. So I think uh, Purdue, I didn't think they were any good. I thought when they got put in the top 25, that was just a token for them defeating Iowa. Yeah. Um, I think Wisconsin's going to take care of Iowa, and if Iowa's not out of the playoff yet, they're going to be after this weekend. Yeah, I think – I think Wisconsin can kind of go toe to toe. Iowa plays kind of a physical brand of football. Yeah, that's what Wisconsin does. They don't like to run. They don't like to pass. They're more of a running team and physical. Yeah, they can they can hold their own up front. I like that pick. I'm gonna go for my second pick. Um, a little. I don't know how much of an upset it is, but SMU is undefeated, number 19 in the country, and they're taking on Houston. Uh, Houston at home. They just came off of a uh, close win last week, but. They're six and one on the season. I like Houston to uh, knock off SMU and uh, give them their first loss of the season. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to SMU. Anybody that doesn't know much about the SMU football program, do yourself a favor and just Google that. Or there's a really good ESPN documentary. That's it's called Thirty for Thirty Pony yeah. Pony Excess. Yeah, um, SMU was a uh, nationally recognized football program back in the '80s, and they cheated. <laughs> That's how they got really good. Yeah. And they ended up getting Zach put on the what's called the death penalty from the NCAA. They had multiple NCAA violations over the course of, I think, four or five years. And basically, the NCAA shut down the program, and they were shut down for two years, and they were ir- irrelevant for, what, almost 40 years. Yeah, it took a long time. And, uh, I mean, SMU, SMU is a really big school down there in Texas, Um Came close to winning a national championship back in their heyday. Yeah. Uh, Eric Dickerson, one of the great running yeah. backs. And uh, they SMU's doing really well this season. It, it's good to see them because, I mean, they've got a that, – that documentary, they've got a very passionate fan base. And oh, yeah. so I'm happy for them. Uh, they're finally getting back to – I mean, I don't think they're going to be the national championship type no. back. But it's good to see them relevant. And I know their fan base is happy. Uh, until uh, until Houston knocks them off this week. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, my next upset pick is uh, I'm going to pick Texas over Baylor. Baylor has one loss on the season. I, I don't know how much I believe in Baylor, Zach, which I don't think Texas is that good. But I, I think I, I just think Texas will defeat Baylor I don't know. The Longhorns and the Longhorns are ready for a. They're due for a big win. Yeah, they they've been very close to getting these wins. They've really let two games go, Zach. Yeah, I mean they almost. I mean almost knocked off Oklahoma. What two weeks ago? Yeah, they were ago? they were blowing out Oklahoma. Yeah, and um, so I think they're they're about due for one. Steve Sarkeesian needs a good win and being able to win a conference game against Baylor would be yeah uh, would be huge for them. So I think the Longhorns defeat the Bears this Saturday and. I think that will uh, hand Baylor their second loss on the season. Sean, we we got our awful game of the week. We, we had to do some digging for this one. We had one. to do some digging for this one. This one what didn't immediately pop up. We need another UConn-UMass to uh, follow. Well, UMass did play over the weekend. They got absolutely annihilated by Florida State. Hey, credit to Florida State. They got a good they got a win. Not a good win. They just got a win. But this looks like our, uh, this looks like a brutal game Saturday afternoon on the CBS <laughs> Sports Network. They made it to CBS though. <laughs> CBS Sports Network. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> uh Conference USA matchup between Louisiana Tech who comes in at 2 and 5 versus Old Dominion who comes in at 1 and 6. <laughs> I think the kids will be trick-or-treating during that game. Yeah. Um, Louisiana Tech, interestingly enough by them, almost beat 
Mississippi State in the season opener. I remember that. That was uh, was that the contra- No, that was against Memphis. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Louisiana Tech's had a pretty decent football program over the last few years. It looks like they're struggling they're this year. Str- struggling this year. Um, and Old Dominion is is pretty brutal this year. They're just old in Dominion. They're just they're just old in Dominion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Sean's. Uh, Another interesting week of college football. We're going to see if some teams can separate themselves. We'll see if Kentucky can continue their winning ways. Be a big win if they can get it Saturday, yeah. and I think they will. Big games all around the Bluegrass this week. Uh, another fun week. Sean, thank you for uh, joining me, and uh, best of luck to all the football teams around the Bluegrass this week. Thanks, Zach. Go Cats and go Kenny Pickett. Go Kenny Pickett. <laughs>